Welcome to the Two Cent Dad podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host, Mike Sudik. I think doing a startup when you have a family is asinine and stupid and crazy, and you will you will get in fights and you will have to gut check your motivations and and you know you. I think a lot of folks get to a place where they have to understand, are they working from their ego or are they working from their heart? Today on the podcast, I have designer Mark Hemian. Mark is an industry veteran in the tech space, having spent time at Google, YouTube, co-founding North with Kevin Rose. Just so exciting to hear such an experienced guy having done so much, talk about prioritizing his family and sharing so honestly about just the ups and downs of raising a family, trying to have a, a marriage in the midst of co-founding companies and, and working in Silicon Valley. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Mark. So I know that you have a pretty extensive background. You've done a lot of notable things. You know, you worked at Google, you had several startups along the way, you, you know, redesigned YouTube, you're working on some really cool stuff now. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if you could give like a, maybe a two minute overview kind of your background and then we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, sure. I am, I'm a product designer. I've, like you mentioned, worked at YouTube, worked at Google, did a small, very small stint, uh, helping the self-driving car project a little bit. I've started companies. I've been a co-founder of companies, um, and have done this, I, I guess since, gosh, I don't know the 90s, 97, 98, which I guess is kind of makes me a really old person. Um, veteran, and, veteran. Yeah, Wise. veteran. Yeah, <laughs> veteran. I have three children. Um, I have a, I have a sweet wife. We've been married 17 years. We got married super young, got married while, while we were in college. And um, I'm the least qualified person to talk about any of this because we've been through the ringer, man. We've had brutal, we've had a brutal journey. We've we set our roots down in Orange County, and then we moved up in 2009 to San Francisco to go work at Dig because the housing market crashed. I short sold my house, got debit, got crushed, and I'm like, all right, well, we got to go where the money is. And then my family hated it up there, and then we moved back down, and then I built another startup called Flick, and Google bought it, so we had to move back up. <laughs> and here, and and I think my kids. It's funny. It's funny. We we're talking about this right now. Last night, my kids were like counting. I think. I think this year is the first year that they've is this is the first time in their life that they've gone back to the same school that they started. Wow. And you know, are they going to be in therapy when they're older? Probably. I probably jacked them all up <laughs> in for like the rest of their lives. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I I don't know. I feel really bashful talking about this stuff cuz I don't have any good advice. I think Doing a startup when you have a family is asinine and stupid and crazy. And you will you will get in fights and you will have to gut check your motivations. And and you know, you I think a lot of folks get to a place where they have to understand are they working from their ego or are they working from their heart? Because ego cares about what people think about you. Yeah. Ego says, I'm doing this for the money, I'm doing this to get popular, to get famous. I'm doing this because people because I need to inhale the flattery of the world. And, and the reason that's so dangerous, and I did that forever. I've done that forever. 
And I really feel like just now with the new company I'm starting, just now I'm starting to work from my heart. Working from your heart says, I don't care what people say. I really don't. I, I paint I paint because it's enjoyable to me. And if someone wants to buy it, wonderful. If they don't, I don't care. And so when you start finding work that comes from your heart, you are doing it because it's important to you. And you don't care what someone says on Twitter. And you don't care if it, if it nets into even money. Um, and now I'm not... I'm also very practical. Money is very important, especially when you're a father. I stay up at night, like, how am I going to afford this, that, and the other? How am I going to take care of my kids? But I think a lot of times when men, I'm going to go hard on men for a second because I, I don't know, I'm not, a, whatever. I'm going to go hard on people. <laughs> I don't want to get into like a whole sexist thing. I think a lot of times when people start startups, they do it because they want to be a boss. They want it. I don't know that they necessarily are doing it from their heart. I, I genuinely am skeptical about why a lot of folks are doing startups. I think you, it's kind of like playing music, man. It's like if you want to start a band, you better learn how to play the guitar or the drums or read music or something. We're getting all these folks from from you know all these folks from the finance sector and i banking. We're kind of like going into the Silicon Valley gold rush, and they like they show up up there. And I meet folks like this all the time. They're like, I have this idea. How do I find a designer? How do I find an engineer? I'm like, who? I'm like, who are you? What are you? Why are you? <laughs> who? This, hold on, time out. You can look up books. You can read stuff online. Like, have you tried to build something by yourself? No, no, no. I'm just going to hire it all out. I'm just going to hire it all out. Oh, I see. Okay. No, you don't get to play. You don't yeah. get to build startups. You don't yeah. get to be a musician if you don't want to learn how to play the instruments. And so for me... Tying that all crazy thought together is when you are working from your heart, you are able, I think, in, in some ways to better, um, to better serve your family because working from the ego puts you in opposition to your family. And you say things like to your partner, you say things like, don't you know what I'm doing? Don't you know how important this company is that I'm building? Don't mm -hmm. you care about what I'm, why don't you care? And you get in these like weird, stupid fights that are completely selfish and completely self-driven and you know how do you solve for that well i think you take a hard look at the work that you're doing because when you're working i think from your heart um you don't have that burning underscore subconscious desire to always have your ego fed and i think that's why people i think that's why people get divorced i think that's i mean Look, the only reason people get divorced is because of sex and money, in my mm -hmm. opinion. You know, it's just a, and, and I give you an amen to that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and a start and a startup is a strap on your money, on your finances. And a lot of folks don't go into startups with really proper planning and having a real heart to heart with their partner and their kids. And be like, look, it turns out we're going to eat ramen for five months, and that's a tremendous ask to ask from somebody. Is to say, put your life on hold so I can follow my thing. And that's why I don't know that it's a good idea that a lot of family folks do it. I really don't. And um, if they don't have a partner who, who, if you're with someone and they don't agree that you sh that you are allowed to sacrifice your finances and your time and your energy this way, you should not do not do this. You will get divorced. Yeah. Your kids will hate you. If, on the other hand, you know, for me, my kids don't know any better because that's all I've been doing since they were really <laughs> young. Um, I don't know. I. I really regret some of the ways that I, I, I jumped into companies really fast. I jumped in, I, into ideas too fast. And I really wish there, there's a few key moments I wish I would have pumped the brakes. In the same breath, though, Mike, like I, I've ended up here with, a, you know, so, I don't know, somehow I worked through it. Yeah. You know, 
somehow we're okay. We, we have a home here down in Southern California and, and my kids love their school and they love their neighborhood. And we've kind of, we got really lucky, man. We dodged some bullets. Of course we're not out of the woods. Yeah. You know, not out of the woods. I mean, you know, Tara and I, we definitely, we're definitely big fans of like marriage counseling and therapy, even when things are going right. We're big fans of date night. You know, we do a date night. We're big. And sorry, I know you're not asking any questions. I'm just like ranting. This is perfect. This is exactly <laughs> what I want. So keep ranting. I don't want to stop you. I will say one of the challenges of working, the other challenge of working in the Valley, I don't know what, I, I have a friend, Margaret Stewart, and she, and I'm not trying to name drop. I'm just sharing her name because she's a really, she's an amazing, she's an ama- amazing leader in the design world. She works at Facebook and she runs product design over there. And when I when I joined YouTube, she was my boss, and she said to me, "I can't. We we can't pull into a room." And I, I think there was another person on the team with a, who was married and had a kid. I think just one, and in a sea of single humans in, at YouTube, right? Hundreds of people, no one had a family, <laughs> no nothing. And so Margaret pulled me in, and she could tell that I don't know. She's like, "So, so, so you know, you and I, we uh." You know, we got we got we got spouses, we got kids. We're just living that alternative lifestyle up here in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> know it, <laughs> and and it's so true because you know, folks that don't have kids or or don't have the same pressures, they just can't empathize yeah. with you. And and it took me a while to understand that because I'd get a little frustrated. I'd be like, I got to go home and see my kid to like a product manager or a boss, and be like, all right, well that's cool. Can we just get a meeting like at five or six? I'm like, did you not just hear what I just said? Yeah. Like I, I'm leaving. Wait, why are you leaving? No, because I have to go see my kid. Oh, yeah. Well, can we just meet again at five? It'd be like real quick, whatever. And and the fact it's just they're incapable. They just are incapable. And but and so then I got to think about creative ways. And so one one technique I've I've used over the years is when I've taken new jobs or I have new relationships with folks. I will before I do anything, I will send a note to them. And I will say, these are the things that will make me resent you and resent this company. When I, I have to leave occasionally from time to time, it will be last minute. It will be inconvenient. I may be late to meetings for different reasons. I would really appreciate your support in allowing me to have that flexibility. Do not embarrass me if I walk in late to a meeting. Do not give me a hard time if I can't make a six o'clock meeting. Please work with my schedule. I'm here for eight hours of the day. I guarantee you, whatever you have to talk about at eight o'clock at night, <laughs> we can talk about tomorrow. There has not been one thing in this world, not one, that has to be spoken about at seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night. There's yeah. not one. I can't, I can't think of anything unless you're the president of the United States. But even then, he's got like people, you know, you could like yeah. <laughs> yeah, call that guy, like have that guy take care of it. Um, I found that to be very helpful because I don't, you know, I've, I've, Marissa Meyer from Yahoo, she just said, you know, people don't quit jobs because they burn out. They burn, they quit jobs because of resentment. And resentment builds up when people aren't meeting your expectations. And, and, but the burden of challenging people's expectations falls to you and me to kind of express the framework that we have to live our lives in. And, and a lot of people don't, a lot of times people don't communicate that. And, and I find that when, when you actually express, this desire to spend time with your family and whatnot, it's funny because other people are like, oh, I can do that? I can actually block out my calendar for three hours on Tuesday and and go to my kid's thing or whatever? I'm like, yeah, of course. Why? People are like, oh, cool. You know, it's like it's just a weird 
it's a it's a weird thing of expression. It's like I don't know. Does I, that I, does that ahead. spread though? Like, so I'm almost hearing you say like you know you set those boundaries and say this is this is really important to me. My family is important to me. I'm gonna be off and I'm gonna be offline so you can't get a hold of me. And then you set like an alternative lifestyle as you called it, and people are like, oh, that's kind of appealing. Like. Wow, I, yeah. I'm actually off and I can actually recharge and then come back even better the next day. Like, does that Certainly. spread? <laughs> I hope, yeah, it does. Sure, yeah, it sure does. It sure does. I mean, I know it at Google um, a couple years in, we started instituting No Meeting Thursday and, and uh, you know, people were able to not, people didn't even show up to the office on Thursdays. And, and, I, and I think bigger companies, you know, there's a huge push for diversity right now. I know Twitter's about 30% women and they're pushing for hire. And in order to in order to have a very diverse workforce, you have to consciously say, you know, we need to get the numbers up in regards to the number of men and women that work here together. But but frankly, folks with families need different working styles. They just do. There are there things come up, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'll give you an example. My one of my kids like just, you know, had to have surgery like out of nowhere. Yeah, we didn't have it. It wasn't planned, you know, but like. You know, it wasn't crazy surgery. It was just like some dental stuff. But she goes to the dentist. The dentist is like, oh, there's some jacked up stuff here. We got to fix it ASAP. Yeah. There goes your day. And it doesn't matter what you have planned. It doesn't matter that you like, you know, that you have, I don't know. But that's something that has to happen that time. <laughs> it has to happen. And, and I'm okay with, I tell you what, man, you got to be okay with potentially losing your job and potentially failing your stuff. I don't know. You have to, you have to make a pick on what your priorities are. And in the past I've chosen my work over my family and, and it creates a lot of distance between my, my spouse and I, and then I've, and I've, and I've done that for months and months and months at a time until we get to a point where we're sitting at the kitchen table and we're kind of staring at each other like, Oh, hi, who are you? Welcome. And then I ramp back and I, and I pull the family lever super hard spend a lot of time, maybe we go on a two-week trip, whatever, and then my work suffers. Work just suffers. I, I lose contact. I become irrelevant. You know, I'm not in decisions. You just do. Mm-hmm. You spend time on your family, you will screw your career. You spend time on your yeah. career, you will screw your family. That is how it is. I don't care. And, 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 and you have to somehow just do one, then the other, one, then the other, push-pull, push-pull. And I do keep my phone with me a lot. I do, I do like, I'll tell you this. I mean, some little small things is like when we're driving around, I ask Tara to drive so that I can be on my phone answering things, whatnot. So when we get to dinner, I put my phone in my pocket. I don't, we don't, we don't allow phones on the table. We think that's even the thought of it is, is too distracting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some things we've tried to do there, but Mike, I just got done. I was helping a political, a civic startup up in San Francisco since August for the last five months. I was leaving on Monday and I was coming home on Friday, five days. Dude, that will destroy marriages. We'd FaceTime at night and we'd talk and, you know, but dude, being intimate on FaceTime is not the same as being intimate in real time. You know what I'm saying? Amen. It is, it is not the same. You try to make it the same, but it is not the same. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I think there's people working on that, but I don't think it's the same. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, that's the only hope for VR, really. It's like <laughs> they can make it more awesome for relationships. <laughs> that's great. So, so 
Yeah, go. So, well, yeah, I, yeah no, I, this is all gold. I just want to say this is exactly. I think th- these are kind of honest conversations that I, I want to have, you know, like in here. Because so many people sugarcoat it, you know, like you can have it all. You can have life balance, all that sort of thing. Um, what do you feel like is – so where, where did you, you – you learned a lot of this through the fire, basically. So what I hear you say is like you had these experiences that are like you got oh. way apart from your family. Then you got close – what what like, would you there's a guy there's a guy listening to this right now in his car driving to his office he's listening to this he's like Hemi's an idiot bro I, I got this I'm like I'm I, I got Gary Vaynerchuk style energy I can do it all whatever yeah good for you man I, I think you probably can I'm not trying to fight you I think it's wonderful <laughs> that you have the big heart and the big spirit but just dude take your spouse's needs and put them in your heart and your hand and just really think about it because the, it will be an opposition and it's just a bummer because when you do a startup, you have you need it's all power. It's like everything you have. So we don't even have to talk about startups. Even when you're working at a, a large company, as you're moving up the food chain, getting promoted to do those kind of things, you have to you have to put in extra time to kind of do that. So then you have to say no to some of those big things. I mean, like if you want to do something really big and say you want to be Elon Musk and start Tesla and send rockets into the space, like. You kind of have to make a conscious decision that you're you're not going to be the best, you know, father or or spouse, right? I mean, would you say that or because that's that's the pull, right? It's okay, like okay, let's all right, let's segue into something else. Then. Okay. I mean, I'm going to answer that question in a different way. <laughs> um, if you're Elon Musk, then you have to do that. You have to do the Elon Musk kind of work. Elon Musk isn't going to just be a farmer and grow trees and, and grow apples, or he's not going to just paint in his studio and, and do individualistic work. He's doing work that is really changing the face of humanity. And I would argue that in some ways it's more valuable to society than his family. That's hard to say, I think, because ultimately – I don't know how you have a family and kids and you, and you, and you put rockets into space, you know, he's doing Tesla and SpaceX, but I got to tell you, there are not many people like that. And if you are that person, you're probably, you're not listening to this podcast. I'll tell you that. No offense to anyone who listens to the podcast because <laughs> you're probably working. You're probably putting rockets into space. That's the only reason. I don't know. Maybe you're, look, I'm sorry. Maybe you're, you, maybe you are. Hi, Elon. Didn't know. <laughs> maybe you are listening to this. <laughs> he is a listener to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But when you think about when you think about the work that needs to happen to move humanity and society forward, there are some people that are doing work that is so important and it is touching so many people's lives. I, you know, I think the president of the United States is another interesting example. Like, what is Barack Obama's family time like? A lot of time, it's just photo shoots, and it's, you know, it's like, hey, can you get can you get Flotus in here so we can get a quick shoot or with the dog or the, or the kids. I think he has wonderful moments with his kids and his wife, but I'll tell you what, the last eight years, there's no way he's been able to just do what he wants. You know, if his wife is having a hard time on a Tuesday afternoon, but Benghazi's blowing up, then, you know, he's dealing with Benghazi. And, you know, I don't care. And I don't care what the problem is. No wife, no husband or wife, vice versa, no spouse. They'll understand, you know, even if there's like something happening like at Sandy Hook or there's, you know, whatever, like Katrina's happening, they'll understand that you have to deal with it, but they kind of won't too. Yeah. They kind of won't. It doesn't matter. Like, 
okay, you're putting a moon, you're putting a rocket on the moon, or you made a rocket that lands by itself. That's cool. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I just want you to give me a hug and let you know that you care about me and let me know that you're important, that I'm important. And so, you know, it, I, I've, I've debated a lot around the kind of, like what I want to do next with my life, the next kind of 10 years. I have a 14-year-old daughter who's a freshman in, in high school. And, you know, I, lo- I, I calculate things based on the number of summers and the number of winters the number of Christmases. And so with her, I have three Christmases left, three summers and three winters. So what are we going to do together so that when she goes off to college and, and is out of our, our home, that we have the relationships and the experiences necessary to bond us throughout our lives? Because from 18 to 25, I don't know what the hell she's going to do. She's going to go wherever and do whatever. And I want her to know that 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 I love her and that we have a relationship that's very strong. And I think the I think the only way to do that, frankly, is kind of shared experiences. I don't think it's about quality time. I do think it's about quantity time. And ultimately we need to spend, we need to block out chunks of time together and just talk about nothing. You know, talk about why milk makes the back of your throat like whatever or why, you know, who knows? Like we got that's what I that's my how I'm thinking about things. And I look at all my other two kids, eleven and seven, and like, okay, that's nothing. That's like five, six summers. And then done done, man. What what do you what do you feel like? I'm I'm curious your upbringing. You, you know, a lot of the reasons I think that you're still you you actually did make it, I would speculate, are some of the things maybe like your parents did or some things in your upbringing to kind of have you stick it out. You know what I mean? Like it, you, despite the, all the trials that you went through that, that formed to who you are today, even, you know, the, the, the source of it would have to be some of the stuff maybe in your upbringing. And I'm just curious about that. You know, what was your family life like when you were I, raised? I grew kid? up in uh, Northern Virginia, uh, Vienna, Virginia. I'm the oldest of seven kids. Uh, my dad owns his own business. He owns a couple of gas stations. My mom owns her own business. She's a painter. She's a mural. She paints murals. Um, and when I grew up, it was basically, they, they were both, they both worked tremendously hard, but, uh, they weren't around. And so myself, my brothers tended to be a little Lord of the flies in the home and were pretty self-reliant from anything from, you know, getting our own food or whatever it might be. Um, but our, our parents, you know, we didn't have, they weren't, they weren't encouraging and they weren't discouraging. They just kind of were just doing their thing. And, um, I think in a, in a lot of ways, um, you know, like we have, we have this little old home, this little old beach house my great-great-grandfather built up in a place called Gloucester, Massachusetts. Um, it was made well-known from the movie The Perfect Storm. So, we'd, so, you know, every summer we'd go up there for a month or two. But <laughs> the reality is, you know, it seems like it'd be cool to like go to the beach house, but it sucked because we just had to – it's falling apart. We had to paint it. We had to like fix it. And like it was like tilted and falling over. So I don't know. I mean, I, but I don't think we worked harder than any other kid. You know, we mowed the lawn and, you know, I had a job at like Little Caesars Pizza and was always working and whatnot. Um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not the son of immigrants or anything like that. <laughs> um, I, but I, I do think, I do think growing up back East where we grew up is a very different, there's a different mentality than I see in here in California, Southern California, the kids tend to be pretty entitled and they have these pretty large, you know, allowances you know, Virginia, we didn't get an allowance. We had to kind of earn the, earn, earn, earn the money that we wanted to. Um, and, I, yeah, I'm just kind of reflecting. I think, I mean, look, if you want to be really, really real, I don't know how real we're getting here. We're getting but real. We can get, all right, we can get 
<laughs> you can get super like PG seventeen real up in here. <laughs> the um, no, I think for I think for me the reason I've I've tried to do so many different startups or I don't know I just the reason I work a lot is I think maybe to fill a hole or a void in in perhaps a relationship around the lack of relationship perhaps that I had with my father. And so I think, you know, I think all men, and this is, you know, we can talk about masculinity and femininity, but, and I think men in general need to kill their fathers, you know, not physically, <laughs> that would be murder. That's bad. But I think that you need to figure out what it, what it means to define yourself as an individual. So killing your father is severing that, dependency or that um, need for approval. And I think in many ways, because my dad works so much, um, I don't know, I just maybe, maybe I'm doing stuff right now to like prove to my dad that like I'm a good person in society. I think there's some of that there. Um, total off topic, but when I was 16, I found out that my dad wasn't my dad. Oh. So there's some of that too, right? There's like, there's like this thing inside of me that wants to create a life for my family and my kids that's maybe a little bit different, you know? A little but, bit, yeah, a little bit closer or like just yeah. with the time and everything. Yeah. But dude, I don't, but I don't want to paint a picture like I had a terrible upbringing because I didn't. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for, we had a house and, you know, I had a little white 1978 Chevy truck that <laughs> that I had for driving around so i mean whatever man we had food and clothes like what like it's not like we were living in the you know i don't know anyway so um i yeah so i i think that's i think people have to really be kind of self-aware about what is driving them and that goes back to that earlier comment about ego versus heart it's not terrible to be driven by your ego for a while you know i think at some point that you need to kind of come around because you're just not the reason for that is you're just not going to be happy Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I took it. I there was a few years there. I jumped into a real estate consulting firm, and the this was like 2004. I had just come off a startup. It had done terrible, um, and I was like super bummed. I was like, "Screw the internet! This is dumb." And I jumped into this real estate consulting thing, and I was there for like three or four years. And um, I had some friends that worked there, and they kind of connected me with that job. It turned out, I ended up doing a bunch of design. I actually wrote some software for them, so I still stayed technical. But um, the reason I joined Mike is because I wanted to make money. Yeah, and I yeah. saw a very clear path on how to make money there. I'm like, okay, I could do this. You know, they hired me as their quote-unquote COO, COO. And we grew up from like 10 people to 100 people. Dude, I was miserable, man. I was making good money, but I was miserable because I wasn't doing the work that, that I liked. And, you know, people talk about work your passion, whatever. I'm like, eh, only work your passion if you can, like, make some money for you. <laughs> I mean, like... If you love painting Warhammer figurines, I don't know that you're going to make a ton of money. You might make some on eBay. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you become the best Warhammer figurine painter the land has ever known. Who knows? But um, I, the, the, the upbringing stuff is really fascinating. I, I don't know how, you know, I like my youngest two brothers, they live up in LA right now. And they've kind of made a conscious decision to, to, to like physically separate themselves from the family. They're kind of going through their, who are we? What's important to us? You know, working out things that disappointed them as they were growing up, and they've kind of asked the family, brothers, sisters, mom and dad, to kind of kind of back off for a while. And it's been a few years, and you know that, and that's okay. I think you got to go through those things. You got to kind of individually 
determine what your values are and what's important to you. And, and for a lot of folks, Mike, it's not a family. It's not kids. It's not a wife. It's not, or, or a spouse, you know, it's, and that's okay. It's a big, awesome world, man. There's billions of people like uh, folks need to kind of figure out what's, what's important to them and what's cool to them. Now, I think if you end up in a situation where you, where you have kids and you're married and you're not happy, um, that's everybody. So good job. <laughs> but because the happiness is earned, you know, it just is like, like that, like the fantasy of, oh, you get married and you walk off into the sunset and everything's cool doesn't exist. I think the first few years you're, you know, you're in love, you're Twitter paid and things are good. But over time, those things fade and you have to really work super, super hard on that relationship. And you have to be ridiculously open with each other and transparent about, you know, not, it's like, you're not, you're not teaching the other person. You're just like letting them know what you feel, what you need and allowing them, you know, telling, telling your, telling that person you're with that you love them, but you're not telling them out of ego. Ego mm -hmm. is like, I love you. And if they don't say anything back, you're like, wait, I just told you I loved you. Why don't you say it back? No, 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 no. That's the wrong flavor. You got, you know, it's more like I, you know, you say that you love someone or you care about them regardless of whether they say it back. You say it because it's inside of you and you can't really help it. And I think that takes, a, you know, that's taken me a very long time to kind of understand and realize. And I, you know, I don't know. I, that's something that I want to, that's what I've been working on. And because there is no separation for me between work and life. There just isn't, you know, it's all blended together. And, um, especially now with the internet, it's like my kids can look up talks I give or they can look up work that I've done or things that people have written about me. And like, I can choose what kind of legacy I want to, I want to leave. I mean, think about our great, 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 great grandkids. They're going to be able to look up all sorts of crap about our lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what happens if they find all my text messages? Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> dude, it's going to be so bad. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I don't want to, but that'll happen. So tell me about some, some, some practical stuff. Like, so basically if you said, if you were to give advice to either your, yourself, you know, back when you first got <laughs> married or just like to a friend that's just getting married or he just had his first kid, you know, and he's, he's trying to build a startup oh. or whatever. And you say like, okay, here's kind of this, here's Mark Hemian's like practical guide to success when it comes to a family like what? I have look okay that's good so I'm gonna give you two buckets of thoughts one is for the newly married dude and these are things he has to do or he's not a good human and I and and if it was my so like my daughter's getting married she's not but if she was and the and the dude was in my house or the girl if she wants to be you know if she wants to marry a girl I don't really care the other person is in the house and uh, I'd be like, all right, number one, do you have life insurance? Yes or no? If it better be a yes. <laughs> if it's a no, you better get life insurance ASAP, number one. Number two, how are you, what, what is your relationship with money? How do you use it? How did your parents use it? Did they use it to express love? Did they use it to manipulate? What is your plan for the money? When you two get together, what are you going to do? Have you talked about it? And, you know, whatever. They can do whatever they want. They can do separate checking accounts or they pull, pull it all together or whatnot. But a lot of folks don't have those kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. Number two, have you, have you brought up everything in your past that if it was to come up later in life to my sweet daughter that it would break her heart? Have you brought all of that up? 
and resolved it. You don't have to bring up everything. I don't want to know about, you know, if you slept with some hooker when you're 18. I don't care about that. But if you have like a kid laying around somewhere yeah. or, or if you have like $80,000 in debt, you should probably talk about that. Um, and then I think number four, I would, I would kind of challenge them on what their values are and what I, and I'll give you an example. So like if my daughter wants kids and the spouse that she's with doesn't want to have kids, they shouldn't get together. Mm -hmm. That's a huge point of contention. Yeah. If one of them is like super religious and the other one's an atheist, I don't, I don't, that's, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. I think, I think you can be a Democrat and a Republican and I think that works and that's probably healthy. But I do think that when folks get together, they need to kind of have a shared value system. So that's the new guy. That's the new person. Um, and of course, the practical stuff like going on a date on Friday night or you know, having a dedicated time, um, spending an hour each night together, even if it's just sitting in bed, you know, just talking about the day. Um, traditionally, when Tara and I were more religious, we'd say prayers together and, and, and do, you know, read scriptures and do different things like that. We're not so much anymore, but we still take that time every night to kind of take an inventory. Okay, so now let's talk about now. The stuff we do now, which is different than the stuff we did then. Um, so now, one, I mean, a tool, my wife and I, as we've gotten older, whatnot, we've had to learn different tools to communicate with each other. One of those tools is we, for a long time, we're trying to teach each other. You know, she would tell me things I needed to do. I'd tell her things that I think that she needs to do. We've since learned that that doesn't work and that's bad. And we call it staying on our side of the street. So she's got to stay on her side of the street. I got to stay on my <laughs> side of the street. I can, I can express what I'm observing over here, but I certainly can't tell her how to drive or tell her how to do something or, you know, oh, you should do things like this, whatever. It's just I can express how I do things and share those. And so, that, so staying on the side of the street is a good one. Um, number two is planning. We, we do have a monthly meeting where we just calendar. We get everything set aside. And we, and that's not a big thing, but like there's dance recitals and all sorts of things. And, and we put them in a shared calendar. I share my work calendar with her. And if it's not in my calendar, like it's, I'm not doing it kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so she'll go in there and she'll block out time or, you know, I block out, you know, date nights on there. We go to yoga, we do yoga together twice a week. So that's on the calendar and, you know, and it exposed and like, I go to yoga like at nine 30 in the middle of the day, which yeah. is like kind of a terrible time to be honest with you. I wish they would do like at seven in the morning. Um, <laughs> but whatever, I mean, it's important. So we do it. Um, we definitely do the date night. We've kind of talked about that one. We, we, my, she, um, she journals a lot, you know, and I don't know what's in there. I'm like really scared to read what's in there, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but I, I think that, um, I think I, I've kind of connected with a few, a few friends um, so that we, you know, we'll get together once or twice a week to just kind of talk about, you know, other husbands, other guys, we actually get together once a week and we just go out and we get hot wings and we sit and talk and, and that's been a nice tool, mm -hmm. um, because there are things that you want to talk about that. I don't know that, you know, at least Tara would not, she doesn't want to care. She doesn't care about it, but they're really important to me Yeah, and I need a forum to kind of get feedback and share thoughts and ideas with, because it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how successful you are. Your kids just don't care. They're not going to remember. They don't even know what your job is. Yeah. They have like no idea. They just know if you're there to talk a minute at night and if you love them. And so I needed, to, I needed to figure out a forum to have those conversations that wasn't inside my family. So I think that's creating, having some kind of quorum of, of 
friends that you can't, and maybe other professionals, you know, um, being really, really open with what, what you need, you know, and then really expressing that, you know, so for example, for, for me, I really, really desperately need like an hour or a half hour at night to sit at the table with Tara and look her in the eye and talk to her nurse, talk about the day, you know, even if the dishes are crazy and life's crazy, because historically we would both try to make ourselves super busy. And that was kind of a defense mechanism to like avoid talking about whatever. And like for me, so I've, I've just asked Tara, I was like, one thing I need is to sit and look you in the eye and talk about the day. I don't care what we talk about. I just, I need that. Like I want that emotional and mental connection. Yeah. Right? So, so if you know what that is for yourself, you know, I mean, some, maybe it's something like you need physical touch. Yeah. Right? Or, and so you just go like, I just need a hug every day or whatever it might be. You know, would you be open to doing that for me and just give me a hug every day or you know, whatever someone's thing is, but it's important to figure that out. Um, I think, I think budgeting is super, super important. I think you have to understand, you know, one thing we do with our kids and my friend Eric Alabast, who owns chess.com, like the gaming, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the actual thing, chess, he came up with a, with, a, with, an, with, an, with a finance strategy with his kids that we've adopted. And it's really cool. We pay our kids every day their age and they pay for everything themselves. They have their own debit cards. Their debit cards are on their Apple Pay. It's on their phones, their iTunes account. They do everything. So they want to buy a song, they buy it. If they want clothes for school, they have to buy it. If they want to get ice cream, if we go to the movies, I'm like, do you have your debit card? Like, it's super annoying because everyone pulls out their debit cards and individually swipes. <laughs> um, but I, because money has become, it used to be when we were kids, you'd pull out dollars and you'd spend it and you would see it leave. Because it is abstract, we're trying to teach them very, very young, like how to check their Wells Fargo app, how to see how much money is in there, how to understand how to save it. And I, and I'm telling you, man, there's just not good finance education. We don't talk about it in high school. We don't talk about junior high mm-hmm. people rarely, you know, some folks get a money in banking class and in college, but, um, that's always been a big source of when we've had issues in the past is, you know, we're stressed about money. She went out and overspent. We didn't talk about it or I went and bought something and didn't really talk about it. And you just come to an understanding. I know some, some friends I have will just set aside They'll both have a shared account. Then the husband will have an account with maybe like 500 bucks in it and the, and the wife will. And they use that for birthdays. They use that to surprise one another. So that, But whatever that strategy is, man, you got to figure that out. You got to figure it out for your kids. And you got to figure it out for the whole thing. And then you got to spend the time to do it um, or you'll hate each other. So true. No, I think a lot of that stuff is like simple, but it's so critical. Like that's in in my marriage, even when we calendar, like every week we'll sit down and be like, okay, here's what's going on in the week. It's like, it's easy to overlook that. But when we don't do that, it's yeah. like stuff comes up and you're like, oh I, yeah, I told you that, you know, three days ago. And then the, the expectations are way off for what the week looks totally. like, you know, and that's no, huge. Totally. Yeah, totally. And with kids, especially there are, you know, you kind of know, I know for the next five months, what, there's dance recitals, there's stuff happening that if you don't have, if I don't have those in my calendar, I'll overschedule them with like going to a conference or, and then you're in this weird position where like, well, I, I, I agreed to speak at this conference, but my daughter's dance recital. And I've had that where I'm like, I'll, I'll still go do the speaking engagement because I've already committed to someone. And then I got this little 11 year old looking at me like, uh, thanks asshole. 
yeah. for yeah. for supporting me. I appreciate you, jerk. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I I do think I think kids care less about the stuff you give them, and I think they care more about the experiences you create for them. And I think that's the same for spouses. I think they would throw all the diamond rings away to have a week or two alone talking and being with each other. Our kid, I mean, these are simple things, but we, uh, we prioritize each other over our kids and we have no problem telling our kids to pound sand and we go out for a date. Yeah. We, we want to come We're like, no, you don't get to come. See ya. Try trying to put each other first. But I mean, like Mike, I mean, I'm dead serious, man. We're, you know, it's been, it's been up and down. So we are, we've had to learn the hard way. So you don't yeah. end up in, getting divorced. It's, yeah. it's super easy to go get divorced. Yeah. You're like, oh, we fell out of love, whatever. And like, yeah, you probably did. That's valid. <laughs> you are probably not in love anymore. So you need to figure that out and you need to get back in love. And so put on your big boy pants and get back in love. Go <laughs> kinda, yeah, man. And it's never look, when we meet people, and this isn't my original thinking, these are thoughts I've learned from others, is you know, when you meet people, not just your spouse, but even people you work with. You know, you got these big holes inside of you and these things you're struggling with and you tend to attract folks with the same size hole. So here you are trying to emotionally and mentally connect with your spouse, but you can't because they got the same damn hole inside of them. Yeah. And you both and you both need to kind of fix fix yourselves a little bit. But that but that's the great irony. You're expecting all this crap from your spouse. But the reality is you're not you're not even capable of receiving it if they were even able to give it. Right. You got to you got to fix inside yourself. And that, and that translates to work too, you know, and it translates to like, if I heard like the law of attraction, the, this idea that you kind of attract the kind of people that you are and, or at least you become the kind of people that you hang out with the whole yeah. thing like, Oh, whoever you hang out with the four or five people we hang out with, you become like them or whatever. And I think that's true, man. I really do. I think, you know, we're, we're kind of chameleon esque and, and if you're hanging out with, if you're hanging out all the time with with a bunch of folks who are kind of cornballs, you're gonna become cornball. You know, <laughs> if you're if you're hanging out with people who care about balance and family, I mean, you're gonna care about balance and family. So, if you had to give like one last, like I usually ask my guests, like what's one like last piece of advice or like one closing statement? Would you say drink water? Drink water. There you go. I think I think genuinely, I'm dead serious. I think genuinely, most folks are just dehydrated. And people get to the end of the day and they're pissed off and they're angry and they're upset. And like, you know what? They didn't drink enough water that day. I think it's a wonderful source of patience and kindness. <laughs> and like I've been in meetings before. I'm like, dude, you need to drink a lot more water. You're like all kinds of angry right now. You just need to drink some water. And look, I think some wars would have been stopped by this. I think <laughs> all sorts of problems would have been solved if people just drink more water. That sounds Swear, good. I was like, honest, like I promise, like you do it, do it today. Drink like. So that of- should be step one, you know, drink water. And then when you have that figured out, then you start into all the other stuff that you were talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, For let's sure. make sure you have enough water. Then let's jump into all those. <laughs> you haven't been drinking. Oh, wait. What? Have you, how much water have you had? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That would go over so well. Yeah. yeah I'm going to do like- that. I'm going to pull that tonight <laughs> you know, when I get home. Try it. Tell me how that goes. Don't yeah. tell you hurt for me though. Yeah, I don't exactly. want to be famous. Thanks for listening to the show. 
You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The podcast production is done by Maria Van Dyken, and the show is made possible through the support of EC Group International, building software teams since 1999.